You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. And it's time for the Geeks Pub. Take two. I'm Tim <laughs> Robertson, joined by David Cohen. I say take two because uh, I, I screwed that up. Technical issue. Well, you push the record button, and then that props it to record, and then you hit the play button, and now it's actually recording. Yeah. Which is kind of weird, but whatever. And uh, I hit the record button twice, so I, I was not recording three minutes into the first take of this episode. Uh, that music was Hans Zimmer's Man of Steel theme from the 2013 Man of Steel movie. And uh, we were discussing how we both like it better than the 78 version of yeah. the Superman theme with, with Chris Reeves, obviously, in the role. Mm-hmm. And um, there's something about this particular sound that I it, it's, it's just a more complex piece of music. I really like it better. I've always been a fan of Hans Zimmer. Um, he's been in the industry for a long time now. Um, I first remember becoming aware of him back in the, the kind of the Tom Cruise Days of Thunder days. I think that was one of the earliest pieces of music I recognise his name from. Um, yeah. And I've always thought he's a he's a great um, he's, he's he makes great soundtracks. But uh, yeah, this is definitely one of his best. It does really capture the the emotional journey i think that that superman goes on in this movie which is it's a very different type of superman movie than um uh, than than the 1978 one which uh, as we were talking about before is very american it's very inward looking yes. uh, and and that kind of reflects the america of the late 70s um in the you know and and the comics at the time were also very american superman was very an american hero and nowadays yep. we're a bit we're a bit more uh you know, it's broader, multicultural. Yeah, and exactly. And Superman, kind of, as, as you said before, kind of reflects humanity, even though he's not human. But the whole of the planet. Well, he just, reflects the what the best of humanity should be. Should be, yeah. And yeah. I think that theme kind of reflects that. I don't think the movies do a great job of that, but um, I think Zack Schneider had the ideas. He just couldn't get out of his own way. Uh, yeah. Quite honestly, I think Zack Zimmer or. Um, um, Wow, I just completely blanked on his name <laughs> that quickly. And Zimmer. He, uh, yeah. Uh, no, um, the director. Zack Schneider. Zack Schneider, yeah. Yeah. He, I think his personality is so dark and twisted that he's the wrong person to do these movies. He can't. He can never find the great aspect of these characters that people can kind of rally around. Yeah. Um, and he had the wrong take on these characters. Uh, yeah, I, I think Man of Steel is a better movie uh, uh, you know, it's a, a, a decade on than perhaps we f- we thought it was at the time. Um, I always it, liked it. That's yeah. the, there was a couple aspects I didn't like. I didn't like Superman killing, yeah. and I didn't like how Paul Kent was like, "No, don't reveal yourself. Yeah. Let me die instead," which is stupid. Yeah. Um, and then for Kent not to do it, but yeah, you know. Uh, um, but but uh, you know, Henry Cavill is an absolutely great Superman, and of course, we heard the news this week. Um, for, for people in the know that he's been told he will be Superman again so much so that um, he has uh, had to leave the Witcher series and, is, and that, that, that role is being recast so that presumably means he's going into production on something pretty quickly yeah well let's hope um, yeah. I, I like him as Superman now 
I still don't know if he's my favorite Superman. I, I buy him as a more of a powerful Superman than Chris Reeves. Yeah. Um, although there was some really clever, small little things that Chris Reeves did. And he was more inspirational, I think, than uh, than we've seen from Harry Henry Cavill yet. Yeah, uh, and he was he was funnier, and that's that's important for a character. Yeah, I, th- I think Henry Cavill is is reasonably light. Um, oh, know, no I, question about. It. I'm not saying he's a bad Superman. Don't get me wrong, but there's there's a particular a couple scenes in in the original Superman movie when he's standing on the side of the building. And the guy is using the suction cups to, yeah. to climb up. Uh, there's just this little smirk smile that just works. And, I mean, you got to remember the special effects of the time, yeah. you know? And it still worked. Obviously, they just filmed it sideways, and they're just standing there, and this guy's crawling on the floor. Um, but it works. If you remember the, um, the advertising at the time, you'll believe a man can fly. We don't even think about that now, but back then we no. had to. Yeah, well, I, I, I think you look back at, at the 78 Superman movie and realize what they achieved <clears> with practical <throat> effects because there was no CGI. Oh, it's amazing. Then. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they, they pulled some... That I mean, that, that first uh, sequence with the helicopter on the side of the building... Oh, yeah. Is a, I mean, it still holds up today. Yeah, and, Absolutely. And, God knows how they pulled that off in the in the in the mid seventies. I really don't know, but it, you know it. Re, yeah, it absolutely works. And yeah, you kind of buy very quickly that that this is a this is a guy with superpowers. And uh, there's very little of the kind of cheesier back screen projection type stuff that we, that we ended up seeing a lot later. Um, it, that, I mean, it, it really reflects what must have been a pretty huge budget for the time because you, you genuinely did believe he was a fly, he could fly. Oh, um, absolutely. You know, it was really he, well done. Here's the difference between the two actors' take on, on, the super, or on, on Superman. I think, and, and this is an important difference, and this is why I still lean a little bit more towards Christopher Reeves. I think Henry Cavill is a better Superman, slightly, than Christopher Reeves. I think Christopher Reeves is a thousand times better as Clark Kent. Yeah, yeah. And without Clark Kent, there is no Superman. Yeah. Clark Kent, as as he was depicted in that in the first two movies, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, because he he. Be- I mean, those two movies were filmed back to back, so it's it's kind of the same performance. Yes. Um, but but yeah, I mean he he he. You can tell, uh, you can tell a thousand percent that um, th- that Kal-El in that universe is a great actor because what he does, yes. he's so. Di- uh, he's and so convincing better. as Clark yeah. Kent that as, as a as a and clumsy, remember Clark Kent is not who right Clark Kent's not yeah. who he really is. That's the mask. No, That's what exactly. a lot of people don't get. And and I think this is this is one of the you know uh, I think this has been a perfectly valid criticism made of every single instance of Superman since, which is you know how well he just takes his glasses off and nobody can't see that he's Superman. But but right. the thing is with Christopher Reeve's portrayal, you could buy that because the the person he portrayed as Clark Kent was such a klutz and such a a simpleton, an idiot. I mean, he really does play him almost like as an as an idiot, and that's why yes. I think. In the universe, it, 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 
works better that he, that, you know, that he he succeeds as a journalist because nobody believes that this idiot can actually write anything and and do any sort of investigative journalism because he's such a, a you know, a, a farm town boy who's was also very very clumsy and and it it is a perfect disguise when you, in fact you are the most powerful being on the planet. Whereas yes, exactly. the, the modern the modern take is basically he just walks around in his suit and glasses and and you kind of go well what nobody nobody gets it nobody's you know it, right I he mean, looks exactly like superman <laughs> exactly. where whereas chris reeves it was clearly it, he looked different yeah um I, I just i think christopher reeves understood the character a little better than cat and look henry's played it a lot more often than yeah. than christopher reeves did but i it's just missing something so we're going to well, get back yeah. to dc stuff here in a little yeah. bit mm-hmm. um because if you saw the name of this episode is reinventing DC, and that's because James Gunn and uh, Peter Safran Safran has become the new, I guess you'd say, head of DC Studios. Yeah, which is all DC properties. So mm-hmm. we'll get to that in a little bit. I wanted to um, kind of pivot into two other things real quick. I finished uh, the Lord of the Rings: The Ring of Power season one. I know you have. Have you started watching it at all? I haven't watched it, so I'm going to binge the whole thing over the next week or two. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, and we're going to have to come back and do kind of a deep dive into this. Yeah. Um, but let me just say, and I posted this on Facebook, so if you saw that, then it's probably no surprise. Um, I still think the original trilogy is the best. Mm-hmm. But this is right there. It's just, it's almost as good. And that's okay. saying something. It blows The Hobbit away. The Hobbit right. was, that trilogy was just, there's some good stuff in there, don't get me wrong. But, and I enjoyed it to a certain extent, but it's just, it's not needed. It should have been one movie. Um, it didn't need to be three. They just padded it so much that it just, it was it, so boring. It was kind of crazy because the whole, I, the, I read The Hobbit a lot as a kid. It's a short book. Yeah, um, you know, and and a lot of the things that he ended up putting to the Lord of the Rings, it's perfectly clear when you go back and read the Hobbit afterwards. That he hadn't thought of them. Um, yes, you know, he he. And don't get me wrong, Tolkien did a fantastic job of taking all this research and this this these ideas he'd had and and turning it into something far bigger than the Hobbit. The Hobbit really would just came out of a story, and then he decided to hang all this research on top of it. But he hadn't done that in The Hobbit, and and it really is a very light, childlike story. It kind of yep. gets going towards the end of the book, but um, it didn't really, yeah, it didn't support three movies. Um, and the, you know, as parts of the movies were really good, but as a as a whole, they didn't really hang together that well at all. They didn't. Um, I think you're really gonna like. The, the characters, okay, once again, we're doing a prequel, which is like, ah, uh, but it really works. It really does. There's only, I'm going to say one actor that I can think of, uh, one character, I should say, that's in all, well, in, in the movie that's in this TV show, but he's a much younger version. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a little worried, like, eh, that's kind of an iconic actor. I don't know. Totally bought it. Yep. Totally bought it. By the second episode, I'm like, "Yep, I accept that that's who that is. I get it." Um, uh, in some I'm respects, forward- I think I, th- I think you know the the scenario is helped by the fact that it's so far oh, in time away from the Lord of the Rings, um, so you, you've got options to do different things. Um, yep. And and I think the other thing that that probably helps Lord of the Rings as well is that they've spent an absolute fortune on it, um, and, and it shows. <laughs> I, there is some. 
scenery that I, I don't even want to say some everything in this is just I mean it is first class Amazon went all in on this series and it is reflected on the screen and not just the performances by the actor not just by the script which both of those things are just first class yeah um, not just by the the sound and and the acting and the and the way everything looks it's just fantastic it yeah. really really is it's i'm blown away that it's as good as it is i, I really am well, I'm i went into it with a little like yeah i'm sure this yeah. would be okay and they're just trying to you know they gotta but no this is it's so freaking good dude okay it well, really I'm is looking forward to uh, to watching that uh you know what else is really good and i know you've watched it because we mm. already talked about it a little bit werewolf by night which is uh I think this is a perfect episode to talk about this because tomorrow, as we record, this is Halloween, and this is almost like a Marvel Halloween special. I didn't. I so I, I've got. I'll hold my hands up. I had no idea, going into this, that these were that. I, I mean, I presumed there was some sort of link to the Marvel universe and the Marvel characters, but I knew nothing about most of the characters in this show. Um, and so I didn't know what to expect, and and so I came to it with the, uh, you know no expectations and almost like a green slate to it um, i i knew that it was in the marvel universe um i thought it was going to be one of those kind of silly things they do yeah occasionally um I, I didn't know that they were actually going to use cgi an actual cgi character uh-huh. and do it really well oh yeah i mean this was and it's filmed in black and white to the very end yeah um it was just really well done. I, I was blown away. I wasn't... A, well, spoilers. If you haven't watched Werewolf by Night, skip ahead a little bit. Um, three, two, one, spoiler time. <laughs> I wasn't expecting... Look, it's all these... A, a great monster hunter dies. And he has this powerful stone. I love the fact that they animate... They, they, the, the people in the show animated you know, like an animatronic, the guy's corpse. Yeah. To talk to the contestants who's going to win it, his stone. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. so great. The, the, the atmosphere of this show is fantastic. It's and comedy it's, and a little bit of horror. It's and very, much, very much, very much in And the, the, the big thing that came across to me is the, um, it reminded me very much of the, uh, a little bit of the Abbott and Costello do the oh i agree 100 yeah, yeah it, it's it's it is that kind of mix it's like you know it looks like a classic gothic uh horror movie from the from the 50s um and yet it's yeah it's much lighter than you think it's going to be um when you get into it and it and in some respects it kind of lampoons itself and it lampoons the genre but at the same yeah. time it delivers some you know some great fights some um not the world's strongest story i mean the, the story beats are, are you know they kind of telegraphed a mile away a mile away really but the thing is it's it's the execution that really pulls this off and the um, acting is great yeah uh and uh you know they've they've really got some people who kind of sink into the tropes of the genre you know the, the plucky, i agree the plucky heroine who's who's got an axe to grind you know the uh the guy who's who's not quite what is what he seems and yet you know you think he's supremely confident and then you find out he's not for various reasons um you know the the uh <laughs> the overacting baddie who's chewing the scenery up 
Oh, so <laughs> the goons who, who who seem to have blind devotion to to this woman and get themselves killed at every opportunity, and you just kind of think, "Blimey, who takes that job on?" <laughs> right? Who? You, know? you really want yeah. that job? And and yeah, it's all filmed in that kind of black and white, soft focus style. Um, but you know, with a modern take, you've got a CGI monster in there. You've got um, some interesting. The bloodstone, for instance, is the only thing in the in the show that's red when it's yes. all black and white. You know, it kind of works really well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah it 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 was it was really entertaining. And you know what? I thought it was about the right length. I I, I agree. I, Any longer would originally have been too much. The, yeah, I heard originally this has been in sort of development hell since the early 2000s as a movie um and somebody came along and the guy who directs it who directs this is actually a, he's actually a um a film scorer michael giacchino um he's a composer and he got an opportunity to direct and they effectively said to him well, well is there anything you'd like to do and he said yeah i'd like to do this um and he come they kind of picked it up out of development and they turned it something that it I, I mean if it was on tv it would be about an hour and a half um, with the yes. so this is 55 yep. minutes so it's it's kind of perfect and self-contained yeah, it's 100 yeah. percent perfect yeah and and it's yeah it's i, I liked very, it a lot it's a very nice surprise and you, you you come away from it thinking wow i wish some of the other marvel stuff was that good <laughs> not just marvel well here's the thing it it doesn't necessarily have to be a it didn't have to be a marvel thing at all well, uh, it, it would have worked by itself yeah, but man thing uh, yeah like like all like all things mcu apparently now now it's out there then there will be appearances perhaps of some of these characters or, or I, references I don't mind that. in the mcu because it, it does exist in the mcu um i was I, interested i don't think about that's a bad thing, thing. yeah because i went up and read on man thing afterwards and it turns out yeah. he, he was a ripoff of swamp thing nobody yeah, will admit it but he absolutely was yeah. sure yeah he was a it, yeah but, but I, I, I like mean, what I like. There, there's what so much of that going here. on. So yeah, oh, I, like I think what, he's great. Yeah, because apparently in the comics he wasn't really very sentient and didn't remember who he was. Whereas here he does, Correct. and uh, he's kind it of makes for he, a better character. Well, he, they've the, him and Jack Russell. They've kind of got a Han Solo Chewy thing going along that really works. Yeah, and and I'd love to see more of those two together in a, in I, a show. Yeah, well. <laughs> Yes, I like those two way better than everything. Now, I know we're supposed to be rooting for Elsa, and there's something yeah. about her, but in my opinion, Elsa was kind of a, a less interesting... Um, hold on a minute. Get down. Get get down. Uh, Don't cat, just look at me like I'm dumb. Cat thing She's climbing on the arcade. Get down. <laughs> get, get down. I'm just smacking her with a cloth, yeah. and it's barely hitting her, and she's just looking at me like she's annoyed. Yeah. Um, I thought Elsa was, um, what's the Defenders girl? Um, Jessica Jones. Yeah. She's basically that character without the cool alcoholic dressing cool but, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, but, but that's what I mean about the perhaps the weakness of the story. That's a, What she is is a trope. You know, the, yes. uh, the, re, the, rejected, the child who rejected her parents who's come back to claim her birthright is very and much... And of course she's going to win it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very, very formulaic. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, thank goodness they kind of resisted doing the whole romance thing between... No, that wouldn't have worked at all. It wouldn't. Well, it, it wouldn't have worked. It was. It was better played the way it was, which is kind of you think it might be there and then maybe not. And even at the end, they kind of, it, you know, uh, man thing is kind of teasing him about it. Um, and uh, and and it, it, you know, it was better left like that. But as I say, I just I love to to have 
great chemistry between a CGI monster and an actor. I thought I just thought it worked really well. I'd love to see more of them. A hundred percent. You know, and like you're a, right. Like it a, is a hand chewy type of thing because yeah, you don't exactly. understand one of the characters. Yeah, exactly. but the other one has to respond in a way that we then understand what he was saying. Yeah, it worked extremely well. The CGI on Man Thing was. I, I'm glad Marvel put that out there because I think he's a better character in this iteration than Swamp Thing has been. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad that they've created this. I hope they do more with it without cheesing it up or you know making it bad yeah which is my worry because this is is it perfect no i enjoyed the hell out of it though yeah it was a i mean of, I, it was so good and i hope they do more like this where not everything you know where not everything we don't need a, a six episode series yeah, exactly. of everything yeah just just one shots and then see yep. what see what happens you know she hulk as an example now that it's over um, and I hated. The more I think about it, the more I I really did not like the end of it. And I don't think She Hulk needed to break the third wall at all. They didn't need to do the uh, John Byrne thing. But I think She Hulk would have worked better as maybe a three episode. Each one's about forty five minutes long. Mm-hmm. Cut out a lot of the crap and really kind of focus on the legal aspects of her as a you know a lawyer. With a little bit of She-Hulk, I think that would have worked a lot better. Yeah, maybe. I, I think the looking back at it, I I actually really enjoyed the, the last episode. I thought the fact that they went completely uh, balls to the wall with the with the breaking of the fourth wall and having her literally climb out of her show and into a, yeah. a Marvel documentary, I thought it was it was fun. Uh, and I it think, was fun. I just it, it. I don't know the way they did it, and the more I think about it, I think it was a mistake. I think the problem with it is that they are there i i think they're really the guys behind it were a little bit too nerdy and i think they thought the nerdy stuff they were doing was funnier than it actually was yeah i, agree and with I that. think that's my my overall take on the show is that the show was fun and it was nice and it was light um i do agree with you with the cgi and you're not the only person who said to me about that you know that she helped look weird um my i spoke to my brother over the weekend and he said exactly the same thing um but you know it was fun but i think it ultimately for the amount of effort they put into it it was a little bit unmemorable um you know that's exactly right and the more memorable things about it are the things that are less to do with she-hulk because you know i'm going to remember seeing daredevil again and i'm going to remember seeing him you know in a in a kind of a different tone and doing the walk of shame all of that so i'm going to remember all of that probably more than some of the aspects they they did more for abomination and that character I, he was, I want to see more of that. Uh, that yeah, was exactly. more interesting. Yeah, it was. And these B-list, ex-bad-guy, villain, yeah. super-powered people kind of trying to reform themselves, and Abomination is the one that's doing it. I think... I, I, think, I thought that was great. Yeah, I, I think... Call um, it therapy sessions. Exactly. I think that um, some of the... Uh, this is the thing. Some of the ideas they had in the show were, were absolutely top-notch. And, and that was, ex- you know, as, as I said when we, we reviewed previous episodes, you kind of think that, that the whole thing is that Emil Blonsky, it's all the joke, it's all the front, and actually he's going to turn back to being a horrible person. And no, <laughs> he's actually committed to this transformation he's made of himself. 
and 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 they play that all the way through and i think i think that was really well done and very clever and i think that actually that standalone episode where she kind of leaves her series and goes and does the therapy thing was really well done i like loved all of that i loved the daredevil stuff i you know there are some things about the show that 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 i i heard that actually it was meant to all meant to be in a different order um and they kind of rejuggled it around and that always worries me if you've got to restructure something that much it worries yeah. me that that you maybe realize you have a problem and of course what a couple of people have said to me is that what's the deal with titania she was meant to be the big bad um and the the, the character was kind of pointless uh, completely all pointless. the way through and she's one of she hulk's like principal uh, enemies in the comics and they just they kind of just threw her away in this because there was really not much point in her being there um, keep talking for a minute because yeah. i gotta step away for one second so so uh, i think i think the thing with with ultimately with she hulk is that it was fun but parts of it left me a little bit perplexed uh, and i do worry that it, that in fact it was kind of messed around with and perhaps that was because they realized it wasn't the end product wasn't as good as they thought it was going to be and they had to you know really intervene to try and salvage what they could from it um that's not to say i didn't enjoy it and uh, i do kind of hope we get another season of it but i hope that it's better and i do agree with you that you know sometimes you see you see one thing like she hulk and then you see um werewolf by night and you just think why can't it all be of the same general level of quality and I do think it comes down sometimes to writing rather than execution. Uh, and um, sometimes the writing is not where it needs to be on some of these shows. And I think we've we've said that before. And I, I think a lot of people <laughs> say that about Marvel generally, particularly their critics. Um, the difficulty they have is they produce so much that it all gets kind of measured uh, against that, against itself. Uh, and you can see the spots where it's not so good. Uh, and then you can see the bits where it where it works and i've run out of things to say and he's still not back so how are you everybody how's your day going is it raining where you are it's raining here it wasn't raining this morning but it's raining now it's just cold here I was just explaining how I'd run out of things to say about the Marvel Universe. I, I figured. <laughs> um, let's switch over to the DC Universe because yeah. with James Gunn, and, and I don't know much about Peter Safran, um, taking over the reins of DC, um, I, will they do a good job? I have no idea. I really have a lot of confidence in James Gunn, though. Um, well, so so this this appears to be, you know, how can we how can we recruit uh, Rick? recreate what kevin feige has done for marvel um, and uh, i guess it says something for kevin feige that they feel they need two people rather than one um, well, and i understand it's that, not just kevin feige though no of course not and that, but the, but that's but, but that ultimately is part of the problem is that to replicate what marvel have done you need not just kevin feige but you need the team that he has built around himself to be able to deliver what he delivers and as i've just been saying while you're away you know that let's not let's not put them on too much of a pedestal as things like she hulk and what have you sometimes show you know they have hits and misses they're not perfect yep. no um, but they, they keep trying they keep and trying they and stick they, to the plan yeah and, I and think they that's also, important and they also produce an awful lot of content and part of the 
you know, I was saying, well, part of the problem with that is that everything gets judged against everything else. And so you can see the weak spots because you can yeah. say, well, that wasn't as good as something else. But but the plus side of that is that as you're producing a lot of content all the time is you can quite easily move on and forget about the, the bad stuff as long as something good comes afterwards. Um, so Fair enough. That's that's a pretty tall hill to climb for, uh, for the guys at DC. Um, well, let's talk about this for a minute. So number one... I think it's obvious from the slate of things coming, unless they make a major change here, is that what's come before is canon. Yeah. In other words, they're not going to reboot the entire DC universe. So if you're not going to reboot it, um, and you're not going to do massive casting changes, which I think they will, what do you do? Do you continue to do the side projects that have no connection to the DC universe? Because Marvel really doesn't do that. They don't take their characters and put them in a different film and say, well, this really has nothing to do with the other one, but it's a good movie, so we want to do it. Yeah, It's still part of the Marvel Universe. Now, there's good and bad. The Joker movie was brilliant, but that could have been any character. It didn't have to be yeah. the Joker. Um, and, and I know they're making a Joker, too. Um, do they need to reboot the whole thing, in your opinion, or do they just kind of move on and just continue right so i think the first thing you need to think about is what do they want to achieve because as you say marvel has always stuck to the plan but they had a plan from the right from the beginning no was, they didn't well well they i think they did i think it's just that nobody thought they would pull it off and as they start to pull it off they were given free reign to do what they wanted but i think this was always the intention was to let's do that's why they start with the phases they they said let's do a sequence of movies with different introduce different characters and then bring them together i think that was always the plan now i think they've had to build that plan because i don't think well, i think it was always the plan after the cameo of samuel l jackson at the end of iron well, yeah, man well, yeah but you don't prove to be so popular you don't do that cameo unless that is the plan to begin with you might you might think okay we might not be allowed to pull this off but i think it was the plan from the beginning i don't believe that was a pickup shot i think that's originally what they wanted to do and that's why they talked about phase one phase one was basically it was the only phase which was Let's let's do let's pick a selection of characters. We're going to bring them together ultimately into an Avengers movie, um, and I think that's what they wanted to do. Now the question I have for DC is: Does DC feel the need to do that? I think part of their problem is they've been trying to do that over and over again, and the difficulty is is they've got two massive tentpole characters, which are Batman and Superman. And then they've got some side ones that work in their own movies, but don't necessarily work in the ensemble. So no, I, I think you're wrong. You you left Wonder Woman out because I think Wonder Woman works better in the ensemble uh, than I'm she not, does on her own. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. But the thing, all right, so okay, so let's let's say three. But the thing is, you then have some hangers on, right? And you have if you look at if you're not recasting, you look at where they're up to at the moment. They have some hangers on who are kind of difficult, yeah. The whole Ezra Miller Flash thing is really a problem at the moment because yes. because of the actor, right? And yet they've invested a lot in that and the movie hasn't come out yet. So what do they do about that? I think what they've what they've found is that certainly with Batman, you look at the um you look at the most recent Batman thing, that much like Joker works much better in its own standalone thing than trying to it'd be awful to to take the uh 
the Robert Pattinson Batman and try and shoehorn Henry Cavill into that because they just don't work together. It's completely different styles. I, I, I think I... I think to me this is always part of the problem is that Batman works better in his own universe and in in the movie form I I don't think that I think you can do great Batman movies I I think you struggle when you start to bring in these other characters with other tones and you I, have I these disagree clashes and that sort of thing I, just, I, I, I think the, given where the not I'm not saying it can't be done because obviously it's been done in the comics to death but I think the problem is, is in the movies, because the tonal choices are so different, it's far more difficult to bring them together. Well, that's where we, that's what we're talking about here. Exactly. So, so, so do we my, reboot my, a character well, no, or do my we question, continue on? My question, this is my point. My question is, is, is do you just pursue a different strategy, which is you stick with these characters almost in their own universes and then you only do the crossovers where it makes sense rather than feel like the problem is we had we had man of steel right and then we had batman versus superman and yes it was driven by Zack snyder but nevertheless this was the suit saying we must have the two of them together in a in a in a cross universe and we ended up with this ridiculous thing where Gotham and Metropolis were across a bay from each other it was just the whole thing felt so contrived because it was yeah, and and to, uh, what I'd be saying is, if I was in James Gunn's shoes, I'd be going, "Well, does that really even make sense? Why do we feel we have to do that? There's nothing driving us to do that, so maybe we just shouldn't, and we should let the characters breathe on their own, and then bring the crossovers in as and when it it makes sense." But I, the problem with that approach is, they've already crossed over. Yeah, but that doesn't mean so, they have to again. No, but. <laughs> Here's what I would do, quite honestly. Um, well, let's start with each character. Superman, we know they're going to keep the same Superman. Yeah. I think that's that. a good idea. Yeah. Um, it, it was really popular for a while to kind of shit on Ben Affleck. But in my opinion, I think Ben Affleck is a great actor. I, I do. I, you think, know, he, I he, think he was a great Batman. I, I, yeah, I, I, I think he was my favorite Batman, to be quite honest. Yeah, in I, many respects. Yeah, I like the young Batman thing that Rob, Robert Pattinson is doing, but that is a different take. That's on a different Batman. take. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But the thing is, they're not going to they're not going to suggest Robert Pattinson for Ben Affleck because Rob, the Robert Pattinson one is far more popular. It's made them more money. Yes, you know? uh, it, it's made them more money in today's but for, market. Forget about that. I'm talking about the characters themselves. Well, and I, the actors. But I think this is part of the problem is you can't forget about the money because the money drives the whole thing. Well, and this is what the tension, the tension you get between creativity and the money is. What I don't want to talk about that. I don't give a shit. I, I'm talking about the, the, the characters themselves. So who do you keep? Who do you get rid of? Who do you reboot? Superman's there. You got him. I think you keep Batman and I think you keep Ben Affleck. But I think you change the tone. I think Batman and Superman needs to be together way more often. I think they complement each other. And their weaknesses and their strengths, but because think, we know yeah. as an actor, Ben Affleck is way better than Harry Henry is. But imagine uh, not not necessarily a comedy, but a detective but, story where yeah. they're working together. Clark buddy, Kent has a like story. A movie. A, yes, exactly. A imagine movie. a fun buddy movie yeah. where they're poking fun at each other. That Superman has powers and Batman doesn't, but yet. Bruce Wayne, Batman, is way smarter than Superman is. Yeah. 
that would be a really fun movie, lighthearted in a James Gunn sort of way. Yeah. Oh my god, that would be fantastic. Well, it would be, yeah. But they, they, the difficulty I think they're going to face, and we'll have to see how much actual power these two guys have. No, forget about that. Just talk about well, the, the no, concept I, I, itself. I, I, the concept is still well, the concept itself makes perfect sense. Of course it does, but it's whether they get allowed to make that movie. I don't because, care about that. You keep going back to the business. Fuck the business, dude. I'm not talking about the business. I'm okay, talking right. about the characters and the about, in-universe stuff. We're just yeah. talking about fantasy now at this point. So let's yeah. forget that James Gunn and the guy there. Yeah. It's nothing to do with them. Right, okay. Fine. Well, so, I, think, so I think what you do Ezra is... Ezra Miller, obviously, he's not the long-term Flash. So you, do you bring in the guy from the WB? Because uh, he's fun. I think he, people like he is, him. He is fun. I don't... I'm Can not you sure. see him acting with the Justice League? I don't know. I, I, well, it's, it's difficult. I, I don't know what... Um, uh, what is we know this is the last Grant, season for that. Yeah, Grant. Grant, I I'm not sure what Grant Gustin's range is like. I don't know whether because the the problem is those WB, uh, those CW shows, they're um, the they're almost like soap operas. So they they yes. kind of they're very you don't really get to see the range of the actors. So I don't know whether Grant Gustin could carry a Flash movie. I, I don't know either. if he could. You know, but do you see him as an ensemble character? Do you see this Flash? as a standalone movie or do you think he would work better in a justice league as kind of the comedy relief but yet extremely powerful because uh, that's kind of what he did in the first justice league movie yeah i'd i'd i'd, I'd put this way if it, despite what i just said about grant gustin not knowing how good an actor he is if I, if I think about the um the flash by the way is my favorite cw show um, I've always really, really enjoyed the it. I, I like the first two seasons. After that, it lost uh, me. I, I like, it. but the thing is, is that what what Grant Gustin is good at is kind of, um, you know, kind of wrestling with the difficulty of being a superhero. That's actually, and being very earnest and wanting to do the right thing. Yeah, no, but in the later episodes, kind of really finding, you know, that there's a lot of negatives coming along with this, and he does it out. A lot of times, he does it out of sense of of it being the right thing to do, almost like a Superman character. You know, he does it out of a sense of duty, um, despite the personal cost. Um, and and I think if you reduce him to a to a, a, a comedy sidekick then you'd lose that aspect of his characterization of barry allen um, yeah i to be honest because with you, he there's another one that the the we were talking about christopher reeves the important part of that superman was clark kent yeah i think the important part of uh, gus's gus what is it grant, grant, Gustin's, grant Gustin. yeah, grant's take on the flash is Barry Allen, not the Flash yeah, absolutely, himself. Absolutely. In fact, in fact, it's it's almost the opposite. Barry Allen is the real person, and the Flash Correct. is the persona. Um, exactly. Yeah. He hides who he is, for, so he can do the things he does as the Flash without putting his family in exactly. danger. Exactly. Now, I, I. My solution to this would be, uh, you know, is to say, well, we need to recast. So let's have. Um, there's not. There's been more than one Flash. So let's just have one of the other Flashes. You know, let's have. Um, uh, one, what, just one of the other iterations of the Flash, and and drop the Barry Allen side of it at all, you know. So, oh, so you would go with, like, yeah, okay, I get you. Yeah, so it doesn't with, have to be with, Barry uh, Allen. Yeah, go with uh, what was the, well, the first one, Jay. Yeah, Jay something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so go with a different iteration of the Flash, and you know, multiverse lets you do that if you want to, uh, and have them become, and and that's how I'd recast it rather than necessarily um, replace so you'd, Ezra Miller. Yeah, with, some, with, a, with I, I like somebody else idea. playing the same character. Yeah, I like the yeah. idea. Yeah. So you you get a nice fresh take on the Flash. Is it a fish out of water? 
because personally, I think that's Wonder Woman's thing. But yeah. um, I don't know. I, I like the idea, though. Yeah. So what about Wonder Woman? Now, Gail Gadot mm-hmm. is Wonder Woman. Yeah. She is she is the, by far the best Wonder Woman I've ever seen. I, I know the popular thing is Linda Carter. I love Linda Carter in the 70s. I did. Um, or was that the 80s? I think that was the 80s. It was Might the have 80s, been the 70s. Yeah. yeah. 70s um, and 80s, I think. Yeah. It, it was crossed over the decade. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but Gail Gadot, is, it, man, she is such a great Wonder Woman, even yeah. in stinker movies. Yeah. she just She's just so good in the role. I think she can play the powerful, majestic, but yet childlike. And, and I think it works great. But what do you do with Wonder Woman? I, I don't really care about another Wonder Woman movie. I really don't. Well... I, I don't care. Yeah, I, I, I... Personally, I think one of the mistakes they made was trying to go qu- too quickly to the Justice League. And with all oh, of those uh, characters... That, that's a given. 100%. Yeah. That's so, a given. So so you you keep these characters in your back pocket and you use them when you want to use them you don't feel the need to shoehorn them into a movie um, you know the biggest problem with dc movies the villains suck well that's an and, and the ironic problem. part of that is they have the best villains yeah their villains what they did bringing dark side in to justice league was terrible um exactly the way they did thanos was the way you do a bad guy. You have the Joker. You have the Joker. And the Joker should be cunning. He should be one step ahead of the hero- heroes, if not two, and ruthless. And well, yeah, we, look at we, look at what they did. Look at they did what they did with the Riddler in the Pattinson movie. I mean, that's exactly how they did him. He was all the way ahead all the time. I mean, right, right until the end of the movie, even when he's been caught, he still beat Batman. Batman did not win in that movie. Yeah. Oh no, you said the Pat Patterson in movie, the Patterson one, yeah. yeah. He wasn't in the movie. The Riddler was. I said the Joker. Yeah, no, but I'm ta- I'm talking about the way you oh, you do right. a bad yeah, guy, yeah, right? Yeah. You, that, that, that's exactly what they did in the Patterson Batman movie. Is they they had the Riddler as the bad guy, and he won. Yeah, but, well, they <laughs> they did that at the end of Dark Knight as well. Yeah, no, but but I I think they really pulled it off uh, in a different way. With the you kind of thought, oh well, you know, he he, he might he might win, but he's still going to lose. But actually, the Riddler in the Pattinson movie, uh, he the only reason he lost is because he um, he didn't get he didn't get quite what he wanted out of the Batman. But actually, in terms of what he did to Gotham City, he completely utterly won. The Batman did not stop him at all. Mm. That is no. true. Yeah, but the. And, but so that's how that's how you though. do that's how you do these villains, right? Like and they the haven't been doing that in the DC proper. Yeah, they haven't established Lex Luthor has always been just terrible. They've they've yet to do Lex Luthor really really well. Lex Luthor should be an Elon Musk type of character. Yeah, you know, untouchable by the superheroes. They can't just go beat him up because a he's not a superpowered guy, but b he's too smart for them. Yeah, he's on par with Bruce Wayne, which means he's smarter than Superman. Um, I don't want to see Joker in in Lex Luger, Lex Luger, Lex Luthor together. That's yeah. that would be bad. Um, but I think Lex Luthor should have been built, and it can't be the guy they have play him. I I didn't buy that even. No, one Jesse second. Eisenberg. No, well, awesome. Look, look, I think uh, awful, I th- just awful. I, th- I think. Uh, look, I I salute the actor for trying to 
make do a different take on Lex Luthor, and you know he, he combined Lex Luthor with Mark Zuckerberg. It was interesting, but it wasn't really Lex Luthor. That's the thing, exactly. Um, because you yeah. never really felt that that guy was the smartest guy in the room. You just felt that that guy thought he was the smartest guy in the room. And, and I really, don't want the bad a, guy petting the cat in the big chair. No, exactly. No, rich. what what you need is you need to have if you're gonna. I, I think they should probably should use Lex Luthor as their next big bad guy, but they should do him properly. You should have somebody who who is like the kingpin is in Daredevil. Is somebody mm. who who is who is so a combination of intelligence and ruthless that actually makes him really scary. I think that's what. Yes, you need but for Lex you got to make him an Elon Musk where he exactly, is a yeah. public figure. Where there are certain people that just love the guy, even though he's the scum it's, of the earth. Exactly, and, and that's that's and, what they need to and, do with Lex Luthor. Uh, if only we had a parallel for that in real life that we could draw right. on for energy. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think that's the way you go with Lex Luthor. But but the DC Universe movies have just done a disservice. You can't you like I know there's a frustration that they say well. You don't want the the bad guys to be more interesting than the good guys, like in The Dark Knight. Except that's exactly what you want. You want to put the superhero in a role that it's almost impossible for him to win. You you can't telegraph that, you know, he's just going to fly in and punch the guy and it's over. And and There's got to be reasons. Particularly when you're dealing with characters like Superman and Wonder Woman, who are so powerful anyway. Yes, exactly. You've got to put them in peril. I mean, at least... I, you know, um, a lot of people didn't like the fact that uh, Superman kills General Zod at the end of Man of Steel. But at least in that movie, you genuinely felt the entire planet was in peril. And yes. um, you it was hard for you to see how Superman could save the day. Um, yes. And, and, you know. I'll even you, give it up to, to, to Batman versus Superman, the beginning of that movie, where you see yeah. Bruce Wayne reacting from a street level to what's going on was exactly great yeah. that was so good uh, and then and, of course and, they dropped the ball but yeah, that would have been better if we would have had two batman movies with ben affleck yeah you know how but much he does care about his employees but here's the problem about what you do because um you, if you don't reboot superman then you can't reboot lex luthor because yeah, I know that's the yeah, problem. That's the, the real Unless that's not really Lex Luthor, that was his son. Uh, some scroll. bullshit like that. <laughs> he was a scroll. Oh, sorry, he was, he was a scroll the whole time. <laughs> um, and that's where we come back to: Do you reboot all this to really give these characters the attention they deserve? Because you're not then just rebooting that; you're also going to have to reboot Peacemaker, which is a brilliant show, and it's by James Gunn, and you know yeah. they're not going to do that. I love no. The Peacemaker. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I, I think they, they're going to have to do some serious retconning, is what they're going to have to do. They're going to have yeah. to turn around and say, um, and maybe explicitly say on the screen, oh yeah, that thing that you thought happened didn't really happen, or um, didn't happen the way you remember it. Um, what about Green Arrow? Green Arrow, the forget about Arrow, because that was just Batman in the WB. Yeah. They call him Green Arrow, but he yeah. was playing Batman. Everything about him being dark and all that. Green Arrow is a, a rich guy who has, he's basically Hawkeye as far as yeah. his power set goes. Yeah. But he's very much a, um, a, a lefty, a, a big time progressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't like the main superheroes a whole lot. He doesn't trust them. Yeah. You know, I think that's an interesting character they can do something with, but yet will they? I don't know. I mean, is is part of the problem is is, is Green Arrow mainstream enough for the movies? 
you know. Uh, I think uh, Green Arrow would work best as a six-episode thing on, you know, HBO Max. Yeah, I'm not sure they'd do a TV series because they've just had eight seasons of Arrow. Um, and even if they did it, did it differently, it would be just like, what's the point? Um, you know, nah, but I, you gotta you, you gotta put that because they use so many characters in the WB shows. Just forget about that stuff. Well, just, yeah, it's, know, you but, just gotta write it all off. But because well, I, this would be a different take on the. Character I agree, completely. but the, I think the problem is you gotta remember um, Arrow started all of those uh, CW shows. Yeah, it who was, cares? It was the tempo. I don't, I don't think the the problem is it's going to stick a lot of people's minds, and that invites comparisons and. Sometimes if you want it's to do been something... Off the, it's been off the air now for four years now. I think it's okay. Okay. Because if they started it right now, you've got a ways to go. I want to see a vigilante show, honestly. Yeah. From Peacemaker. Well, that yeah, would be great. I, I, mean, I mean, I think... I think Peacemaker spinoffs, there are there are plenty of right characters there. Yeah. Um, you know... Um, well, what about Green Lantern? Well, Green because Lantern I is, think that's interesting. Yeah, of course. And, and let's face it, it's been desperately underserved in live action because the Ryan Reynolds one wasn't great. Um, even he says it wasn't great, and he was. There's in. there's parts of it that were really good, though. Yeah, well, Ryan Reynolds has got a lot of personality, and uh, he can carry that's, a lot of stuff what, off. That's exactly what pulled yeah. what worked in that movie off. Yeah, is him. and that's why he's so good as Deadpool because you know he can really let let go with that. But the problem is, is the actual movie itself was really quite terrible. Oh yeah, um, it was so formulaic yeah. and and adolescent it, it just didn't work here's the but th- this goes back to to my concern about the problem they face is is green lantern when, when green lanterns kind of dealt with his demons and is and is is working at full strength is an incredibly another incredibly powerful character yes and and, and it, it, you know you talk well, the about, green lantern ring is one of the most powerful weapons exactly. in the known universe so so you've re you've also got that's a similar problem there you talk about the the villains is is that even if, if you put all of these massively superpower characters together uh, it's difficult to have a villain who really challenges them well, but that's kind of that's where they kind of made a mistake. The first Green Arrow movie should have been one of discovery, learning how to use the power, a minor baddie that he, and then you find out that the guy who's been training him, Sinestro, is actually yeah. the bad guy. Yeah, because Sinestro does have a ring of equal power. Yeah, um, that would have been good. And in fact, I think they even had the right actor for Sinestro. I think he pulled it off extremely well. Mark Strong, yeah, he was really good. And, He's really good, and if they would have let it breathe a little bit, made it a two movie thing, where this yeah. guy is, it, it you was, know, his his planet gets wrecked or something, uh, and think, he blames think, the yeah. Green Lantern yeah. Corps. You're great. Like you're right. The, the Green Green Lantern, the first movie, should have been completely Earthbound. They shouldn't have exactly had any, of, any of the cosmic stuff at all. Other that, than him training him. Well, yeah, but they could have done that on Earth. The one I'm saying. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, I think the part of the problem that movie is that by the end of it, he's flitting back and forth between Earth and Oa, like he just feels like it, and it and it just feels it again. It feels contrived. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, they jump. I know in the comics he does that all the time, but again, they jump too quickly to that in the space of forty minutes. He was doing it, and it you know you can't have. You can't have a Green Lantern who supposedly isn't confident in his powers, and yet he can fly halfway across the galaxy anytime he feels like it. Yeah, and he can destroy, <laughs> and he can beat something that nobody else in the Green Lantern's court. Yeah, that was, exactly. Yeah. It was not great. Oh, it takes an Earth man to do it. Um, yeah. it, it th- there was a lot of. I think the casting was fine. I, I, I completely bought him as Hell Jordan, but yeah. 
if they're going to do Green Lantern now, I don't want Hal Jordan. No. Well, again, John Stewart. John 100%. Stewart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, definitely the goat of Green Lanterns. A hundred percent. I want to see him, and I think he would work well with someone like the Flash. Mm-hmm. Someone that's very serious against someone who's not as serious in, in the yeah. Flash character. Um, so I, make, I would all think right, that so, so that we're mapping out a strategy here of a series of superhero body movies. Yeah, culminating in a big comedy fest. <laughs> it works if if it's good. Who cares? Yeah, I know. As, as, I know. You know, I, I don't want the Justice League again that we just got. I don't no. want the dark, brooding, everything is terrible movies. I want to have somebody. I want to live in that world. I would live in the Marvel Universe wor- world, other than the snap, which, again, they, they still refer to in, in all these things that's come after, which I think is smart. You know, yeah. some world shit. Here's the problem in the comic books. Every five, six months, there's another world-shattering event that affects the whole planet. And that's like, oh, my God, these people that would live in this universe yeah, would be must- just... Everyone yeah. would just stay home shaking and crying all day long. Yeah. Whereas in the Marvel Universe, there was only really one thing. Because the big hand coming out of the sea was in the middle of nowhere. And people were like, what the hell is going on? Um, in, in humans. Yeah. Uh, and and the, I, I want to see the everyday life. Here's what Marvel has always done better, by far, than DC has done traditionally. And I'll, and I'll put the WB shows aside. They've always established that who the person is. Peter Parker, Steve yeah. Rogers, Tony Stark. Thor is Thor. I mean, he is who he is. Uh, Matt Murdock. You believe yeah. in these characters because you know who their alter egos are. You get their struggles. You never get that in the current DC universe stuff. Well, You I, never I, see Bruce Wayne. You never I, see you do, to Clark be fair, Kent. Yeah, well, you saw, you did see a fair bit of Clark Kent in Man of Steel. Not and, really. Not you really. Because he, yeah, he, there was did, no yeah. change between Superman and Clark Kent. There wasn't. Uh, well, uh, no. At I the agree. beginning, I, when, I, he's, I, when he's hiking out by himself and saving the oil rig, sure. But, I but think, once I they think get past that. I think mm-hmm. that's all about him trying to discover who he is. And so they didn't want Then to let's have a whole movie about that. Well, uh, we Man of Steel was meant to be the whole movie about it. <laughs> but, 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 and, and, and they still didn't do it. Well, yeah. But the thing is, if you're going to keep these continuities, you... Uh, you you can't just wipe all that away and do it again. That's the problem. So you have to well, work with what that, you have. There you go. So do we do a retcon? <laughs> do we just reboot the whole thing? We're just using some of the same actors? I, uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's I, I, I in some respects I kinda of want him just to wipe the slate clean. This guy is still playing Superman, but all the stuff before this didn't happen or something changed. I, I don't know how they do it, but it just it just feels like a hot mess. Wasn't wasn't there an, an episode of Dallas where uh, one character came out of the shower character. and it turned out a whole season was a dream? Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Let's have Superman and Batman. Oh, wake, Bob Newhart. Wake up in bed together <laughs> and go. Did you dream all that stuff where we just dis- where you destroyed Metropolis and I was really upset about it and everything? And Superman go. Yeah, Kel- and I was straight Kel- in the dream, Kel- too. Go, that's, fu- <laughs> that's funny. I dreamt that, too. <laughs> and it was so And then he rolls over and says, did I, did I call you Lois in the middle of the night? That would... <laughs> <laughs> Why did you say Martha? 
Boy, we that, just, that would we piss just, off the right big we, time, wouldn't it? We just, we just wrote a sketch for Saturday Night Live. There you go. We need to get either Henry Cavill or Ben Affleck hosting Both. the show Both. and then do that sketch. That oh would God. be comedy gold. That would be so good. Um, <laughs> and I bet you they'd be up for it as well. Oh, God, yes. They, <laughs> in a heartbeat, they would do it. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That, so, that would so, be just brilliant. But here's, here's the only thing that I think um, you know, enthuses me for the future of DC. Whatever they try, they they decide to do. Is first of all, we know that James Gunn. Um, so the partnership they've put in place apparently is the the the, the other guy, Pete Safran, is the business guy, and yep. James Gunn is the creative guy. And they've worked together for and many worked, many times. Yeah, exactly. So this is the partnership that works, and so it's yes. And we it is, know that Safran gets Gunn what he needs to get exactly. The movie yeah. So done. this is this is this is basically is two people. As I was joking before, Kevin Feige split to two, right? The business yeah. side and the creative side. Well, right? we assume that because yeah. we really don't know who else is with Kevin Feige exactly. making decisions. Right, that's right. But, but let's let's just let's just use that as a shorthand for the moment, okay? So what what we've got now is we've got we've got somebody who's got proven delivery both in the Marvel universe and the DC universe. Yeah, we got James. James Gunn, Gunn right? knows what works. Exactly. He's also a huge comic book fan. Yeah. Um, what also reassures me is is they're keeping Henry Cavill, who is a massive comic book fan and geek fan. He one of the reasons he wanted to keep playing Superman is he loves Superman. Yeah. He's a, he's a big gamer. I watched a video of him making a gamer, a yeah, gaming machine, gaming PC. He's a, he's a huge geek, which is really I find quite disgusting. For somebody who's that good-looking and that muscled and tall, that also he stay in playing, your lane, buddy. Yeah, he's playing in my space. But there you go. Yeah, uh, let's face it. We all want to be Henry Cavill's friend. Um, but yeah, I want he, to be Harry. <laughs> he, you know, he also loves this character. So I have a lot of confidence that we now have. You know, we've got this um, business head who's taken over Warner Brothers um, and basically has said. Quite rightly, everything you've done before has been crap. Um, we need to I do agree. all of this differently. He's yep. making. He's he certainly seems to be trying to make the right moves. Hopefully, he will now let the adults. I, I was a little bit disappointed <laughs> that they just kind of canceled the Batwoman movie. Well, but yeah, a part of me was like, you know what? I didn't give a shit about the. Mo- the only thing I really wanted to see, honestly, was Michael Keaton as Batman again. Yeah, well, we we talked, and I'm about kind that. of over that. Yeah, I, I was. I I'm, I think our biggest problem there wasn't the decision; it was the way it was done. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But you know, shouldn't have been made in the first place. They were jumping the gun on a Batwoman movie way well, too soon. Even even if the even if that was the case, I think I think that actually the way the business decisions were executed in terms of informing the people concerned was really kind of horrible. But anyway, like you, you say, see, that, they gave uh, Mar- Margaret Robbie, Margie, Margie, Margot whatever, Robbie, Margot Robbie, creative control to a certain aspect, aspect with what she's doing in DC now. Which I also think is a good idea. Yeah. Because she is great in that role as Harley Quinn. She is. She really yeah. is. Yeah. She She's better than any Joker since Heath Ledger. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because Harley Quinn was like a made-for-TV character and she's really broken out because the the, the comic, the uh, animated series they do Harley Quinn is also absolutely awesome. Yes. You know, it so, is. Um, yeah, that is, a, that is a real break. And, in fact, even in the uh, in the video games, I believe, the um, 
you know, the Arkham Knight series of video games, um, Harley Quinn was awesome in those as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, she's just a great character. I I Um, think that James Gunn has a passion for these characters. Yeah. Um, and he knows what works and what doesn't work. Uh, Look, uh, oh, you yeah, can't you well. can't disagree with his movie choices and what he's done. No, and I also what I'd say is is while he has a passion for the characters, he do, he's not unlike Snyder. He's not overly reverent of them. You know, he's quite easy. He's quite easily will have them take the Mickey out themselves. Um, well, look at what he did at Marvel. Marvel has Iron Man and Hulk and all that. And James Gunn comes in and wants to do a Guardians of the Galaxy movie with a frickin' Tarking tree that says the same three words and a raccoon. Yep. And he makes that one of the very best Marvel franchises. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and then he takes Suicide Squad. Yeah. Which was not a great movie. And then he does his take on it, and it's frickin' fantastic. Yeah. It's so good. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think we're going to see a crossover is the next question. I don't know. Guardians I, of the Galaxy and Suicide Squad? No. I don't Ser- think no, seriously. See. Well, they're different universes. Oh, so what well, gives a shit? You can, you can have a thing, a wormhole opens up and one uh, look, goes I, the I, other. No, I think he's been quite clear that the, this third Guardians of the Galaxy movie is effectively the last one with that group of characters so um, yes unless he kills them off there's a chance well there's always a chance and i think what will happen is you'll find guardians characters popping up elsewhere in the mcu but i don't i don't think i i think he's particularly with this now he's gonna have a different job i don't think he can do guardians anymore and i think he thinks after three movies and the appearances they've made elsewhere that, that he's he's done enough with the guardians uh, yeah, but if it's five years from now and things are going well, great at DC and still going great at Marvel, maybe you don't maybe. think they could have a character who um, there's an incursion and a Marvel villain makes its way into the DC universe. I think I think we all on want Earth, to see the. And I think Amanda Waller sends the Suicide Squad. Yeah. I'd and rather the Guardians see the, are in uh, hot pursuit. I'd rather see the Star Trek Next Generation X Men crossover that I once read put into. Oh a yeah, that would be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I, I, I do think it would work, though. <laughs> oh, I, I think uh, it would be fantastic. I think we need to answer the question that's never been answered. While we're, while we're crossing universes, is which would win between a battle between the Enterprise and the Star Destroyer? Um, <laughs> I, I think the Star Destroyer would wipe them out Well, there you go. You see, I disagree. I think the Enterprise would win, so there you go. Uh, I don't know. The Star Destroyer is awful <laughs> we've got, big. We've got... We've got <laughs> We've got the beginnings of a whole other episode here. And, and then you get, you get TIE the fighters. And, but the Enterprise has shields. The Enterprise has shields. I don't, don't Star Destroyers have shields? I think in Star Wars... They said it yeah. in the first movie and you've never yeah. heard the term again. I think in Star Wars, ships have shields when they need them and they don't yeah. when, they don't, when you need them to be destroyed. That's so. right. <laughs> Shields are a convenient thing that the ship could take a pounding before it's destroyed. Otherwise, it ruins so many stories. I've always wondered why they don't really beef up the reactors in the ship so that the shields never run out. <laughs> because they always, well, what I, shields what down always, to thirty percent. It's like, well, turn them back up again. What are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Turn off the phasers and put energy into the shields. You could just go to warp right now and leave. <laughs> yeah, and that's an option. That. They never do that either. I know. It's like just leave. If you've got do a short you, hop like two parsecs exactly, away, and, yeah, just yeah, but it doesn't even need to do that far. Just warp out, warp out of phaser range, 
you know, or drop a big bomb and then warp out phaser range. I, I've always wondered, knowing Earth history, okay, your shields are disrupting their energy blasts. I hope they don't have some freaking howitzers on there and shoot, you know, <laughs> an actual projector at you. Well, yeah, because whenever you see uh, in, in most Captain, sci-fi we've got cannonballs. Oh yeah, shit, most, we can't break that. In up. most uh, in most sci-fi franchises, um, people seem to be able to drive through shields when they need to, even right. when they're up. So yeah, yeah. you'd imagine if the, if you fired um, yeah a, a battleship shell from one ship to another that it would just go straight through the shields and and uh, do some wrecking. Right. So because if the shields are so strong that they can effectively deflect uh, you know a cannon shot then how are your energy weapons passing through it or, or disrupting if it's it that strong it yeah 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 so, i know it's so that's why that's why we, start that's why the star destroyer wins because um it doesn't the, the tie fighters kamikaze right through the shields and just blast the shit out of it i think they actually did that in one of the star trek series I think they did, and the Enterprise went down. Here's the thing with the Enterprise. If it's so tough, how come it blows up and crashes into planets every third movie? Uh, well, Jesus Christ, how many of the we got of the Enterprise I, you know now? What? And then Fun- we got a new one coming in the new Star Trek ser- Fun- Picard series. Funnily enough, that was always one of my problems. with When they went to movies, is like, yeah, every every couple of oh, movies... Oh, got to have they, a new they, Enterprise. They'd either blow up the ship or they'd wreck it really hard. Yeah. Um, and and I was always like really annoyed because the, the, to me the ship was one of the stars of the show and she got well, disrespected by she, the amount it, of it got destruction blown the shit out of it in in Wrath of Khan and they don't even have the Enterprise in the next movie yeah but then and then, said, but then, and yeah, then they take a, a, a Klingon ship back to Earth and the voyage home yeah. and then they get a new one at the yep. end of the and then they crash that in the next movie well, and it also gets it gets shot up quite a lot as well in the next movie, yep. and they take yep. it to the center of the thing. And then in Star Trek Six, it gets shot up to the point they decommission it, even though yep. it's only two movies old. Yeah, well, what's the <laughs> one that crashes into the planet? That was uh, Ratha, uh, the search for Spock. That yeah, oh yeah. no 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 uh, no no the next generation one. Oh, where uh, that was the whole was, joke was they finally put a woman captain and she yeah, crashes that's the right. ship. That's, right that up. was uh, yeah. that was Star Trek Generations. Yeah, so they yes. write off yeah. they write off the the TV show Enterprise in that one, and then they bring the new one out. Um, yep. and and that survived a couple of episodes, though it nearly got blown up in the second movie of that ship, the the Enterprise D Enterprise E. Sorry, uh, and then in the the last Star Trek Gener- Next Generation movie they did. Um, it got uh, well. He rammed it into another ship, and destroyed yep. the whole front of it. Um, yep. And they blew data up as well. And um, yeah, that, and that was kind of the end of the movie franchise. And it, it was, <laughs> you know, I remember at the time Patrick Stewart coming out and in interviews he was saying, "Well, I, you know, I think this is the best one we've ever done." And and he was desperately trying to jump up business for it because he knew how terrible it was oh uh, it, it was awful <laughs> no but he they the, the, i remember reading the director they got in had never even watched star trek and just didn't know what he was doing and yep. they all knew the whole movie was crap and so yep. they were all trying to drum it up because they knew effectively there wouldn't be another one otherwise and they you know they they loved the franchise and there you go anyway well that is this episode of the geeks pub uh david and i agreed on everything as per normal <laughs> We hope that you guys are listening to our other uh, sister show, Tech Fan. We'll be back next week with that, yes. and I'm going to 
uh, update everyone on my computer situation um, because if you listen to the last tech fan a couple weeks ago, um, wires everywhere. Uh, yeah. it, it, it was a mess, and uh, we'll go into that. And we also, uh, I think, yeah, there's there's new iPads came out since we last talked, so we can yeah, talk that's a bit that's about interesting. Those as well. It is yep. inter- the iPad situation is becoming interesting now. IPads. And there's a big rumor about a 16 inch iPad. So yeah, uh, we'll see. So we will be back in a week or so. And uh, David, I will talk to you then. Let's speak to you then.